Hi, I'm Jacqueline, your host. Welcome to the Amigapreneur Podcast, a platform where we talk to Black, Indigenous, and women of color who are entrepreneurs, spiritpreneurs, and creatives. We talk all about moving through life transition with courage, confidence, and compassion. If you've been looking for a way to turn your life transition or major life change into a transformation, an inner evolution, this is the podcast for you. Today we have Spiritual Blacksmith. She's a healer, medium, psychic, medical intuitive, Reiki practitioner, yoga teacher, and intuitive life coach, to name a few. During our conversation, we talk about growing up religious, how to raise your vibration when you're in a rut, connecting to your spirit guides, reconnecting with your feminine, why we are most powerful when we're in our feminine, and of course, much, much more. If you like what you hear today, make sure to like and share the episode or leave us a comment about your favorite part of the interview. And now, on to our interview. So a time that I um, felt lost, you know, it's really interesting. That's that's something that I never really experienced, to be honest. Um, there was a time that I felt like um, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing uh, career-wise. And so that's probably the only time that I felt like unsure if what I was doing was what I was supposed to be doing. Um, everything seemed to be going fine. I just wasn't internally happy. And so um, that's probably the, the time in my life that I questioned um, if what I was doing was what I was supposed to be doing. But inside I knew it wasn't because it just didn't feel right. Mm. And, um, and that's probably the beginning of when I began to go through my own spiritual reconciliation is probably the way I'd put it. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like? Because I know it doesn't happen, right, from one moment to the other. Like, oh, I, I know I'm not supposed to be here. And then you're doing what you're doing. What right. steps did you take when you heard that voice and you had that feeling about this is not exactly where I'm supposed to be, especially for someone like you that I know um, you were working in law and now you're doing something as spiritual blacksmith. So can you talk a little bit about um, just about your journey from when the thoughts started coming in and then kind of like the steps you just started taking? Yeah, you know, and it's, it's when I look back on it, there weren't even really um, steps. It was just more of a sitting still and listening because I had been doing all the steps, quote unquote. You know, you, you got the good job. You, you went to school. You've done all the things you're supposed to be doing. So you've done, quote unquote, the steps. And that's when I realized, okay, the steps that I was doing, it didn't lead me where I thought I should be, even though I didn't know where I needed to be, but I knew it wasn't where, where I was at the time. And so for me, it was just sitting still and saying, okay, what's really going on? What's really going on? And just waiting. And for me, I grew up very, um, you know, religious in the church. So I talked to God constantly and I was like, okay, let me just stop and sit still because apparently the way I've been taking myself isn't quite where I'm supposed to be going. So let me just stop. And so for me, it was about stopping and sitting still and just listening and waiting for God to direct my steps. And there's that old adage that says, you know, when a student is ready, the teacher will appear. And sure enough, I sat still and then people appeared mm -hmm. to kind of get me to redirect my steps. And so 
for me, it, it was just about stopping and listening and tuning in, um, which is why I always tell people, you know, when you're lost, you do have an internal GPS system if you just stop what you're doing and tune in. But I guess we've been socialized to keep going and keep running, keep looking, keep asking on the outside of us instead of going inward. Because once you go inward and tap in, you unleash that inner knowing that will bring everything that you need to you at the right time. I know I had another guest where she spoke about sitting in stillness and listening and then taking action from that. Mm-hmm. And we never really went into what that practice or that ritual was for her. So for someone that's listening and may not have the background, right, or the focus, or maybe the religious background where you're able to sit still, what would you say to someone who's feeling lost and may not have, um, you know, access or maybe really know about sitting still? What did that practice look like for you uh, on a daily basis? I know for everyone, it's different, right? But just for someone getting started who may be in that in-between, what would you say that practice looked like or what did that practice look like for you? Yeah, you know, it's, that's a good question. You know, a lot of people, when you, when you hear sitting still, they think of meditation. I was never a meditator. I have a, you know, type A left brain mind. So I'm always processing, thinking, analyzing. It, it's, it's a constant um, dialogue in my mind. And so um, for me, the tuning in was really difficult because my mind wanted to fix things. Because that's how our minds are. We, you know, we have an experience. We go back to this. What happened then? This what I should be doing now. So there was always something I felt like I should be doing. So for me, that sitting still and going inward was really, really difficult because I felt like I should be doing something. When spirit said, "No, this is actually when you don't do anything," and I was like, "What? Just, just don't do anything and listen and wait." And so it wasn't a daily practice. It was literally just forcing myself to just be observant mm. and wait. So I had a conversation with God and I said, okay, God, I love you. I've been with you my whole life. I trust you. I know you didn't bring me this far to fall on my face. That's not how you roll. So uh, what's going on? And I think God was like, okay, I think she's really ready. Because I think a lot of times we say we're ready. We say we're, we're you know, oh my gosh, I'm, that's it. You know, but we're not ready. We're still not ready to what I call get out of the driver's seat. We're still holding on to the wheel and we're still sitting there. And it's like, okay, you got to let go of the wheel. You have to trust me. You have to. Mm-hmm. So it's that point of just surrendering. And going, okay, I've done everything I can do. Clearly didn't get me there. I'm really at the bottom. So I need you guys to take over the wheel. And then literally slide out of the pass the driver's seat and sit in the passenger seat, or better yet, get in the back seat and just sit and wait. And then they'll go, okay, I, I think I think they're ready, you know. And so it's a mental thing, not even a physical practice. It's a mental thing, mentally getting out of the driver's seat. And maybe for people who are visual, visualize yourself sitting in a car, holding onto the wheel, and mm. then visualize yourself opening up the driver's side door, getting out, walking around the car and getting in the passenger seat mm. or getting in the back seat and visualize that and say, this is what I'm doing right now because clearly I don't know the directions. I'm having trouble reading the map of my life. I need someone else to drive. So this is what I'm doing right now and do that and see yourself doing that every day, every morning when you get up, mm. see yourself doing that. And that will retrain your mind to go, okay, 
mind we're not in control right now that means the, the bad narratives the old thought patterns that, that they don't apply right now you you can't you're not capable of driving the car right now and so when you do that your soul then gets to step up and go oh oh she's ready for to let me drive okay let me now take her on her real path let me show her who her her real tribe is let's make a few stops and pick up people to, to sit in the car with, with him or her. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of what I would what what I would recommend for people to do that. I love that you gave a visual because that was going to be my next question about, you know, because we we get a lot of that, right? Especially now with new age, like just let go and trust and right. And it's just like, what the heck does that even mean? And I think because you are, like you mentioned, a type A personality, um, you weren't, you know, well, you are an attorney. You spoke about, you know, I know that you're a professor as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you're a type A personality, you're kind of like, how, what the, does that even look like to let go? Do you want me to stop working? Cause that's insane. Do you want me to like what you have to, and it's funny cause you have to let go. Right. But then we want the steps to let go. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. What are the steps to letting go? Yeah. Give me one, two, three and I'll do it. And I'll do it. Just, yeah. And it's just like, well, how do you retrain your mind when your mind has been trained all your life to get up and do and go and make things happen right and I always bring up like my immigrant background it's definitely like go make shit happen you know we do these things under the most strenuous and with a lot of things against us and we make it happen so you have all these layers right society telling you the hustle mentality and then you have you know the type of person that you are which is layered right if you're a woman if you're a person of color if you're an immigrant you have all these layers that are consistently telling you to make it happen right now you're telling someone who has been trained and and themselves right and has been successful right at making things happen right um and then how do you let go but i you know i've had that question like how do i let go right and just trust but i loved that you gave that example of that visual because i've i'm a visual person and i've never thought about that but that's such a beautiful practice that i'm gonna do (laughs) getting up in the morning and and releasing and going around the car and then letting go because that'll at least train you know help you train yourself to let go even if you're still after that trying to make things happen at least every day there's a small way that you are telling yourself I'm gonna learn how to let go and that was that was absolutely perfect you talked about people showing up Mm -hmm. for you um what are what are some examples of like people showing up that kind of talk to your heart that was aligned with like this is what I want to do because I'm sure people show up sometimes I feel like there's also like these tests that come up right so how do you know that this person is aligned um is there a way that you felt that in your body or you're knowing or is it because you were practicing letting go you know, that's, um, that's also another, another question I really, that I never really thought about, you know, um, because I'm a, a very analytical person. I think about everything. Mm. Um, but I also know, because I grew up very religious, um, that there are no coincidences. Mm. And so once I ask and I go, okay, I'm ready guys, you know, y'all handle it. I'm just, I, I can't. And so at that point, my eyes open, my heart opens, 
and I begin to see and listen and just be open and receptive to who comes in my path and what they say. And for me, I've learned over the past several years that my spirit guides, my family and spirit is what I call them. Whenever I have an internal dialogue with myself, it's really them, but I think it's myself. So I don't mm. trust it. And, but they always to let me know it's them and it's something divine or it's some download, they will reconfirm it through someone within 24 mm. to 48 hours. So I will have a conversation in my mind, talking to myself and I'm in the shower, doing dishes, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then literally 28, 24 to 48 hours later, someone will say something and I will go, I just had the conversation. What? You know, right. and, okay, I got it, you know, or I'll hear a song. I, there will be some confirmation externally outside of me. And mm. my spirit team knows me that that's the way my brain needs to get information because if it's internal, I think it's me. Right. I can't doubt it if it happens externally because it becomes an experience because our brain, and I've said this before, for people who've heard me talk or give a sermon, our brains are only as old as we are, Mm. you know? So if you're 34, your brain is 34, Right. you know, compared to your soul, your soul has been alive for eons. Mm -hmm. Your brain is only as old as you are in this life. So all it knows is what is it, what it has experienced in this life. And if you haven't experienced a lot, or if you were, you know, you never left your town, you're only around certain type of people, that's all you have to rely on. So your brain will always look to tie what you're seeing, what you're experiencing back to something that you've experienced before. Mm. And then if you haven't experienced it, it'll find the next closest thing and attach it to that. So that you can then tap into those feelings, tap into the outcome, because your brain wants to protect you from anything crazy come down. Mm. Right? Right. And so if you've, if you've never had an experience, it's like, okay, what's the closest thing? Okay. Oh, it's that. Okay. So that's kind of like that. We'll give her that feeling done. Go ahead. And so you have to realize that your brain is just trying to keep you safe. It doesn't know everything. It's mm-hmm. trying to do its best. Right. Right. And so that's always in the back of my mind. So when I have this experience where I'm talking to myself inside, my brain's like, okay, that's where you're talking to yourself because mm, it hasn't happened. Mm. But then when someone says something, my brain's like, wait a minute. The experience that we had with that happened 24 hours ago in her head. Okay. So it ties it together and it becomes something real. And then my brain can calm down and go, okay, we can work with this. That's the way my brain works. And that's the way I've noticed that I work. And so whenever I have a conversation, I'm like, okay, y'all know, y'all know the deal. <laughs> y'all know the deal. And then I just wait. And sure enough, I'm like, okay, cool. That's what I need to be doing. Or, ooh, that person said that. Okay, then that is right. I do need to start doing that. I do need to start meditating. I do need to start whatever. Mm -hmm. That's just for me. And so we all have spirit teams. We all have our our ancestors in spirit who work with us. They know us better than any human being on the face of the earth because they've been with us in spirit. Mm -hmm. So they know how you work. And so it's a matter of being open to that and trusting them when they send you things. And if you, you doubt it, you're like, well, that was too weird. Be like, okay, guys, I need y'all to send it to me again in another way so I can believe it or so I can trust it. And mm-hmm. they will. And you go, okay, second time, cool, done. And once you begin to have that relationship with them, they'll know that they can trust you with the information that they're giving you and they'll give it to you more. Mm-hmm. And when it goes back to the Bible that says, God will never put more in you than you could bear. Same mm-hmm. thing. Your spirit team will never do that to you. They're like, oh no, she's not ready. She says she's ready, but we know her soul. She's not ready right now. We'll wait. Right. 
they, they, they really work with you because they love you unconditionally, which is something human beings are not capable of doing. But God and your spirit team can literally love you unconditionally. They are patient. They are kind. They are loving. They never want to see you hurt. And they know what will throw you off balance. Mm. And they're always there to pick you up when you fall because of your experience here on the earth plane. So, um, so when you asked about, you know, being open to what comes, that's how it was. I was like, okay, y'all know I'm at my last leg. So I'm going to need y'all to send people. <laughs> it goes through and says something. I'm like, oh, that was interesting. Cause I literally had a conversation just the other day. Right. Okay, that's what I need to be doing. And then I take that next step. Then I'm like, okay, she heard us. Awesome. And then I have another conversation with them in my head, in the shower, when I'm washing dishes and then something else happens. I'm like, oh, okay. And it's literally that right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. After a while, you're like, oh, snap, I'm okay. Then you start walking and you start running. And then you hear you go and you're on your way. Mm. So I, I know for me that I think that the biggest connection I've ever had is when I was going through something really heavy, you know, like when I was going through my depression, um, I would have conversations like it was just so like a conversation you and I are having. I know it wasn't me because I understood I'm not this wise. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know this isn't my voice because I don't know this mm-hmm. much. And I mm-hmm. also felt like I when those times happen, I'm very much a vessel for other people because I'll say things to other people and, I'll, and I've literally said to them, that's not from me. That's came from somewhere mm-hmm. else because I don't know you. Mm-hmm. That wasn't for me to just kind of, so I felt very in tune and like very aligned, right? Mm-hmm. With that. And what do you feel like? I'll, I'll feel disconnected sometimes because sometimes I, I hear what you're saying and it sounds so beautiful. And I remember a time, right? And I, and I feel like I'm not being the best student. You know, I'm not really sitting and I'm doubting and then I'll get on, on, on top, you know, on board of all whatever my feelings are saying. But then I know that I have this strong connector, connection that I know we all have. Um, what, what do you think that comes from when we, we lose that disconnection from trusting that voice? Do you think that whatever's going on around us is just confirming and we kind of get stuck on that? Um, or is it that we, when we are in a depression or when we are in our lowest, maybe we're not really doing and it's easier for us to listen. So that's my first question. What probably disconnects us from it? Is it physical or because the proof outside of us is telling us? And then the, the second question is like, how do you get grounded again? Like, how do you deal with those negative thoughts when maybe everything on the outside is chaotic? Like, how do you ground yourself again yeah you know so that brings up uh, you know again being these adages we keep talking about mm-hmm. your thoughts create your reality mm-hmm. that is the truest thing ever your mind is the most powerful thing because once your mind thinks something your body will react because mm-hmm. your brain controls your body your brain is there to, to keep you safe if your brain stresses um, feels stress it's going to increase the cortisol levels and you have your fight or flight pops on and you, you get into a state of angst to protect yourself. If you feel happy, you got the endorphins going, you feel good. Literally your body responds to what your brain says. So if your brain, you know, says that you're depressed or your brain picks up something negative, 
that's the message to send out to your body and your body responds accordingly, right? And so I call it like your vibration gets lower. Mm-hmm. And when your vibration's lower, it's kind of like, think, think about it about like you being lower to the ground, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like lower to the earth versus lower, you know, versus being away from source up above. So when your vibration's low, you you literally are are like at the very bottom. So your spirit team, your spirit guides, you know, it's like they have trouble reaching you. It's like when you're that low, it's like the frequency is so low that you can't hear their voice through all the sludge bullshit, to be quite honest. Right. But when your vibration's higher, you you literally feel yourself rising up. You're closer to source. You're closer to quote unquote heaven. You're closer to the spirit world. And so when you're that low, it's like your team is like, oh man, she's so, but she can't even hear us right now. It's like, there's like, wah, wah, like that Charlie Brown language when you're little, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. you can't eat anything because you're that low. And so that's kind of where we get, when we get into that, that mind cycle of, oh my God, something bad happened. People go, oh my God, F my life. When I hear people say, I'm like, oh my God, you just like cursed yourself. <laughs> And nothing ever goes right. I'm like, whoa, whoa, slow down, buddy. When you say nothing ever goes right, you're setting your mind up to say, oh yeah, nothing ever goes right. So that's what you expect and you get what you expect because that, that's what your mind is created. And so half, not even half the time, 98% of the time, it's us creating the reality around us. And so yes, things happen because we are on the earth plane with a bunch of other humans who have free will. Spirit gave us free will. Other people can act a fucking fool. They have free will. Now, how do you accept what they did? That's where, that's where you're always in control of your reaction. And people don't like to, to take onus on that, but you're in control of the way you react. And so, yes, people do shitty things. You know, they do. And so you're like, okay, what do I do at this point? Do I let that shitty thing impact me and my entire life? And now I have a shitty life or do I go, you know what? You did something really, really shitty. I'm going to distance myself from you because I don't want to experience more shitty from you. Mm. You have the choice. You do. And so once you realize that your thoughts create your reality, you can begin to shift your thoughts. Okay. Something shitty happened to me, but you know what? Shitty things don't have to happen to me. Just telling yourself that. I don't deserve shitty things. Today, I'm going to look for the positive things. And when you see something, oh, look, a bird just flew off from its nest. Oh, that's so cute. It has a nest. That little bitty thought that you just told yourself was something positive. You know, looking for the positive. So whenever I I see people who are kind of in that rut, that low vibrational rut, I say, I need you to just look for anything good today, anything, and focus on that. Whether that means you see a parent holding their kid's hand as they walk down the street and they're swinging hands. Oh, look, they're swimming, they're swinging hands, you know, or, ooh, somebody let me get in front of them at the, you know, trafficate over in the lane. Oh, that was so nice of them those little things. And and so when you do that, it kind of brings you back to center and raises your vibration. And then once your vibration is raised, then you go, okay, let me reconnect back with source. Cause literally I probably let go of 
Source's hand for just a minute because I got my little low vibration state. But let me stand back up, hold my head up, look for the things that are positive because when your head is down, all you see is everything at your feet. When you can stand up and raise your chin, keep your head up. So that little adage again, keep your head up. So literally keep your head up. As you keep your head up, you start to see things that you wouldn't notice if your head was down looking at woe is me. Everything in my life is shitty. So keep your head up, look up, notice things that are going up, you know, going well in front of you. And then you stand tall, your, your vibration rises, and then you are closer to source again. And then you could reach up and hold source's hand. And I say source, for me, source means God. Source can be Buddha, Allah, whatever Yahweh, whatever name you want to call source, because it's all the same. It's just we as humans give God different names because we think we know better and we think our religion is better over someone else's. But, um, but yeah, you just hold source's hand and you go, okay, I'm back. I had a little moment. And your spirit team is like, okay, you're, you're good now. You had a moment. We're, cool. We're still here. We never left you. you. You're the one that left out. You're the one that let go of our hand for a little bit, but we never left you. And so that's kind of what I would suggest to people when you get in that rut. And so for me, that grounds me is to keep my head up and connect back with source, you know, and just remember that something that happened to me that's negative, it's not everything. It's just that particular thing on that particular day with that particular person or that particular circumstance. But that's not my life and that's not the life I want. So I need to create the life I want. And the life I want doesn't include negative stuff happening to me on a regular basis. So I love all of this. I think out of every guest that I've had, you're probably the one that just puts it in the most beautiful, serene, at least that's how it's feeling to me, maybe because I'm type A too. And I'm like, oh, this all sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not complicated already, or maybe I'm just ready to receive it because I've always thought, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm going, I'm, I'm spiraling and I'm seeing all this and I know that I need to get my, my energy in a better state. And I know I've heard like, think a better, a better thinking thought. And I was like, okay, you know, but I love the way you said, look for something good because there's definitely always something good. I mean, I'm breathing, I'm healthy, <laughs> even if everything Literally. is going just absolutely the worst, you know, um, it's okay. I'm healthy. I'm here. I'm eating. I have a roof. You know, there's always something good and really understanding that that's what raises your vibration, you know, not the fact that, oh, once I feel happy, then my vibration is raised, right? We can <laughs> yeah, start okay. from the bottom. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do I get happy? Or how do I get excited? Right? We can start from the bottom and then definitely looking for something good is going to help you feel better. Right. And then when you talked about holding God's hands, you know, holding spirit's hands, it's like, okay, I'm reconnecting and understanding when you said that that love is very unconditional. I know for us, especially sometimes in some religions, I know for me growing up, it was very much you're bad. Um, you, you didn't act right and feeling like I wasn't a good enough girl. And I wasn't loved unconditionally when I finally understood that I'm loved unconditionally, regardless of what, whatever I do. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started getting connected back to source. That's yeah. when I understood, like, I am loved unconditionally. It doesn't come with conditions. So, you know, raising your vibration, which is our part, and then understanding that whenever source, <laughs> you know, whenever we're ready, sources, they're waiting and understanding that we are loved unconditionally. Because for me, when I was going in that deep depression, 
and feeling isolated and being in LA, not really having family or anything, people would do the kindest things, mm. you know, for me. And I understood like, as hard as it was, you know, everything I was going through, you know, whether it was someone holding an elevator when I was moving all my stuff out of the apartment because mm-hmm. I lost it, you know, there was this man holding the elevator, you know, he helped me move some stuff and he's just like, oh, don't worry, you know, I got you. And I was just like, where did you come from? <laughs> you know, I have a dolly, don't worry about it. I'm going to help you. And I was just like, you right. know, understanding that like, you're being taken care of and everything's going to be okay from someone smiling at you because the reality, you know, they say it like, you never know what people are going through. Mm-hmm. And if you're just kind, and I remember that people just smiling at me or saying something nice really helped uplift me in like having a really hard time. Yeah. I know for, for you and I, we spoke about the, the masculine and the feminine. I know for me, I had a real breakdown of the masculine because I got to a point where I was just burnt out and I felt like I couldn't make things happen. And really, I didn't know that there was this masculine and, and feminine energy and that, ha- and that I had exhausted my masculine to a point where I was burnt out and it was very wounded and starting to reconnect to that more feminine side of me, the intuition, the, the creative part, you know, all of that. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that experience was for you. And if you can like describe what is the difference between the masculine and the feminine? Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting. The masculine and the feminine, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have been growing up in my life more comfortable in my, in my masculine. Um, being a tomboy growing up, being around guys, being more comfortable around guys. I'm, I never really was the girly girl type person. Um, I'm probably, I'm not very emotional. All the things that you would associate with women, <laughs> you know, um, that, that sometimes people perceive as the weaker part. Um, I've never really been those things. And it served me well because we're in a male dominated world. And so in order to succeed in that world, you have to have a bit of a thicker skin. Um, and not to say that women don't have a thick skin at all, but it's perceived that men have thicker skin, men can do whatever, yada, yada, yada. And so we're under this this false belief that in order to be successful, we have to be in our masculine. And the truth is it's not, we can do it, but we can't sustain it long haul. We burn out. It's exhausting to have to wear a mask that doesn't quite fit your face, you know? Um, And so I think we've all, eventually get to the point where you're just like, wait a minute, this, this, I've gotten here, but this just doesn't feel good. I'm just exhausted, you know? And so for me, I began really diving into this work years ago um, when I had gotten some energy work done by an energy healer. And she said, oh, you, she, I'm laying down on her table and she's like, oh, you know, you just have so much love in your heart. And I was like, what? What? Huh? Because I'm a person, I like, I never cry. You know, well, back then, I never cried. You know, I'm just like really hardcore. She's like, you have so much love. Do you feel that love? Oh my God, it's overflowing. She's going on. I'm sitting there looking at her like she's crazy, you know? And so she's like, oh, oh, oh. She's like, but the thing is, you you also have a lot of anger in there. Mm. And that anger has basically turned off the spigot 
of your love faucet. Mm. And I was like, huh. And I totally knew what she, she was talking about. And I was like, yeah, I think she's right. And she's like, she's like, yeah, so you kind of need to get some of that anger out. And so, uh, you know, and I was like, so that, that left me thinking because I'm an analyzer. So I went home, I thought, I thought, I thought about it, I thought, I thought, I thought about it, <laughs> you know, and I had to visualize a spigot. And I was like, I guess it's in there. And it's funny that she said that because, you know, being a teacher, a lot of my students are always like, oh, you're just so nurturing and you're so, you know, and I'd look at them like in my mind, like, are you, what are you talking? Cause I don't, I don't see myself as that way, mm. but people perceive me as that way. And so I'm mean, clearly they're picking up on something that I'm not. Mm. And so I was like, okay, what's going on here? Like, why am I disconnected in a way that other people can see that I'm not able to see for myself? Mm. And I realized that they're picking up on that nurturing part of me. That is the stronger part of me. I thought that it was my masculine because mm. it got me so far mm. in the world, but my feminine part, the part that people sense is the stronger part of me because it's more people's people feel seen mm. when I'm in that part of me. Mm. And that's more important, that's stronger. And then it made me think of back to history where women, when they were in their divine woman essence, they brought down nations. Mm. You know, Cleopatra, Samson and Delilah. When women, when we're in our feminine we literally can do anything and it's not weak it's not a sexual thing it is a when our feminine part of us is the creating part we literally create life women and when we create like that we we are able to see what needs to be created which means i see you on a deeper level i see your soul and that's all people want they want to be seen and when we're not seen we do everything externally to be seen. So I need to get a bigger car, I need to get a bigger house, I need to get a get, 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 so people can see me. Mm. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's like, that's not gonna help you be seen. You know, and so when we're in our feminine, I realize that that's when I'm in my soul self. And when I'm in my soul self, I can see your soul. And when I see your soul, your soul recognizes that it's seen and then arises up. And then there's a deeper connection. And so for me, it's about sitting in my feminine so I could be the healer that I came to be in this lifetime. Mm. And so when I, when I tell people, get into your divine masculine feminine, because that's when you will actually be seen and see other people. And when you do that, you form that strong connection with other people, those bonds. And then that's all that matters. Because when I see you as a person, I, I see your potential. And then I tell you your potential and then you rise to your potential. And now you are your potential. And now you're bigger and better than you were before because someone took the time to see you, who you really were on the inside and not on the external, you know? And so, um, so that's my passion with the divine masculine and feminine. That's what I love about it. Um, that's why I want to help people get in it and stay in it um, and realize it's not a weakness because we embody both. And right. there are times to be in your masculine, there are, but you're stronger when you're in the one you're supposed to be in. And so I realized that. So now I sit in my divine feminine 
But then when I need to be in my masculine, I'll step out and I'll do it. And then I go back to my feminine. Mm. And, and so I'm like, oh, this is great being able to play in both uh, instead of only being in one and thinking. It's like kind of like driving a car in first gear. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, you're screeching. It's like, and you know, you got the pedal and you're like, you have other gears you know, switch into third for a little bit. Okay, then switch down, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, I don't have to be in first gear the entire time. And I'm pushing so hard with my foot on the clutch and burning out my clutch when I literally could just bump it up to second or third and then bump it back down when I need to slow down. And so it's just a matter of, of being able to go between the two mm-hmm. so that you don't burn yourself out and you're using the right energy when you're supposed to be using the energy. And not wasting it when you don't need to be using it. Does that does that kind of make sense and answer? Yeah. Can you tell us like someone again getting started and yeah. trying to to connect with that that's maybe listening? What would you say to them so that they can start? Well, I, I have two questions. Right? <laughs> I'm just all these questions. Like one, how would they get connected to the feminine, and then also. How would someone know what they they fit right better? You thought it was your masculine, but then you realize how powerful your feminine. Yeah. How would someone know like what exactly they fit in the most con- con- comfortable? Excuse me. Um, that's maybe the most natural to them. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting. I mean, for for me, I would say honestly, working with someone mm. is the is is step number one because. Your brain, we talked about before, your brain only knows what it's experienced. If it's never experienced the stuff, it's not going to know what to do. It, it, mm. It's literally going to be grasping it. I've never been that. That's weak. I don't know. It's not going to know what to do. Mm. So I would say work with someone who can help you. I mean, I see clients for this stuff all the time. Mm. You know, we sit down, we have a session. I tune in. I go, oh, this is what's going on. Mm. You know, like I couldn't see it for myself. I had to go to someone and she read my energy and she's like, oh, you got all this love. And I was like, what? And that was what kind of opened up my eyes because she saw my soul mm-hmm. and then she saw my soul and let me know. And I was like, oh, and then my soul's like, yeah, I've been here the whole time. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> and then we have a conversation and my soul's like, yeah, girl. And then we're off and running. Mm-hmm. And so it's literally doing that, going to someone who could see your soul. And I will say there are a lot of people who, who aren't qualified to be out there healing people mm-hmm. because they're not healed themselves. That's oh. something that I, that I always tell people, I, it's called spiritual bypassing. They, you know, they're all glitz and glam and they namaste and they bow down. They got the little beads and crystals around their, their, their um, wrists and their barefoot. They got the drip. Okay. I'm like, stop it. You know, <laughs> you'll know, mm. you'll know when you, you, when you find the right person, your soul will resonate with them. Mm. You know what I mean? Or talk to them. And when they talk, do, does your soul resonate with what they're saying? Because a lot of people know the right words to say, but there's no substance behind what they're saying. And so I tell people, be discerning when you go to someone, you know, talk to them, see, see, see the type of vibe you get. Um, I know everyone's got a great Instagram and a great Facebook and a mm. great social media and a great Twitter and they got the right quotes, mm-hmm. right? But talk to them and mm-hmm. go and see, you know, when they say something, your soul will tell you, your soul will be like, ooh, okay. Or your soul will go, oh, okay. Sometimes if I always say, are they talking to your brain? They're talking to your soul. Mm. You know what I mean? If they're saying the right words and going to your brain, you're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But you don't feel it. Mm. You're like, okay, you're talking to my brain. You're, you're talking about experiences, which are great, but I need something deeper. 
Right. And so when, when you find the right person, they will speak to your brain in such a way, but the information went to your soul first and your soul conveyed the information to your brain and the both of them are on board. And mm. you're like, oh, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. At least for me in this moment that I need, they may be able to tell me something that causes an energy shift that gets me on my path. And that's all you need because it, the truth of the matter is no one can heal you. You can only heal yourself, right? right? They can only tell you or help you get back on your path. And so that's what I would say for people who are looking to, to dive into their divine masculine and feminine work with someone, go to someone. I, I see clients all the time for this. I can even find me on social media, spiritual blacksmith. You know, I'd be happy to have a conversation with you to kind of help you figure out what you need to be doing, you know, help you get on your path, set up a session or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I would recommend is kind of working with someone to really, to really help see you because you can't see yourself. If you could, you would have done this work a long time ago. <laughs> right. you know, we've all been there. I had to have someone see me too. So right. it's, it's, you know, there's no shame in that at all. Right. And literally all it takes is one conversation or one word or one phrase they say that you're like, oh, right. and, you're, and, you're, and you're back on your path. Right. Yeah. And that's what I always say, like in this transition phase where it, it kind of feels like you're out on the desert right? Mm -hmm. And like, you have no water, and there's nothing you're kind of fending for yourself. And then things just start showing up, right? You're mm -hmm. able to sign up fend for it. But there's always all these guides, like for me, I always say through throughout my depression, there's just random strangers, or, you know, I had questions in a video, which show up a TED talk, a person, I was working with someone, and they showed me different things about readings, energy, and all this stuff. So things definitely do show up for you. So mm -hmm. if you are in that place, again, for me, it had to be a depression in order for it to slow down and everything had to be taken away from me. Sometimes that mm -hmm. is the only way because we're just so lost, you know, mm -hmm. in our minds and not ready to deal with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. My mm -hmm. question for you is, number one is how do you, spiritual blacksmith, feel seen and the second question is what is it that you love the most about yourself how do I feel seen you know um I see myself and that is and I know it's a really cliche answer but if you wait to be seen by other people you may not ever be seen you know, sometimes we're like, we run across someone who's able to see us like that person did for me. But once someone does see you, they, that should be reminded to see yourself. Because once you see yourself, you remember how divine you are. You remember that you're loved unconditionally by source and your spirit team, your angels and your guides. Once you see yourself, you will never, you will never allow yourself not to be seen again. You know, you, you will look at yourself in a different way. You realize that you didn't come here on the earth plane to live a crappy life. You came to do something. And then you're always going to be um, open to fulfilling your purpose because you've seen yourself, right? So for me, I've seen myself and I'm never going to not keep seeing myself, right? And so now that I've seen myself and I know my potential, no one else will be doing, I've made it my job to see other people and spark that in them so that they can see themselves mm. and do what they came to do here on the earth plane. So, so that's what 
that's what I do for myself. I see myself every day. I go, okay, you know, I help people. And honestly, when I wake up every morning, before my feet even hit the ground, I go, okay, spirit, thank you so much for waking me up today. Let me be a channel for healing today for someone. Mm. Let me be a channel for healing today for someone, which basically says, let me see someone today. Mm. In the words that I say, the actions I do, something so that I touch someone every day. That's my prayer, right? Before mm. I even get out of the bed, I give myself that assignment. Again, it's the seeing, I'm recognizing and seeing myself in the job that I have to do so that I can help someone else. So that was my step number one. Now, the second question you asked me, I love that I am not at all what I used to be before in my prior mm. life. If you would have told me 15 years ago that I'd be doing this, I would look at you like you had lost your damn mind. Um, I cry at the drop of a hat now. I mean, I just gave a talk the other day. I cried during my sermon. Never do I do that. I've always been the most put together person ever. And, but I'm okay with that now because now I know I'm in tune with, with my divine feminine mm. and I'm in okay with my emotions. And that is what allows me to see other people and for other people to see themselves in me. Mm. And that's the most important thing. And so I love the fact that I'm open and I'm transparent and that I'm authentic. And I give, because that gives people permission to, to be themselves and to take off what I call their cape, their superwoman cape for just a little bit mm. and just be. And so that's what I love about myself now, that I'm unapologetically myself, which for some people, they can't handle that. Mm. And I get that because <laughs> they see themselves in me. They're like, oh, snap. I'm like, it's okay. It's cool. I'm not for everybody. And that's okay. And I realize that because the people who I'm not for, by me being my authentic self, that redirects them out of my path <laughs> and makes space for people who I am cool with. And that, again, goes back to negativity. It redirects negativity out of my life. And so I'm drawing people who are for me, with me, and who I can help, and they can help me. And people who I can't, they're redirected to their type of people. Right. And, it, and it works well for everyone. So that's what I love about myself. So I'm a spiritual blacksmith. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as Spiritual Blacksmith, on Facebook as Spiritual Blacksmith. You can also find me on my website at www.spiritualblacksmith.com. I am a healer who helps you remember why you came to this lifetime, what you came to do, who you came to be, and how you came to help. <laughs>